do a damn thing. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to make a prediction right now. I'm going to be so on point with this episode that I won't have to cut any content, any jokes that don't work, times when I'm accidentally condescending to you because that does happen. Really? Maybe I don't notice it and you don't notice it, but when I listen back to it, I'm like, hmm, what was I thinking at that exact moment? I think at one point you said you were learning Japanese and you you said, this is what this means. And I said, very good. And it's, I think I was trying to do a Kill Bill reference, but it didn't end up working. But anyway, none of that this episode. Cut it out. No, <laughs> cut it out of the podcast. <laughs> you hear that, Dustin? <laughs> That's how this shit works. We're doing this super S style. <laughs> oh, God. Well, welcome, everybody, to episode 70 of We View Yasha and Other Tales. We're going to talk about Onigumo's memory. Oh, wait. What? There's Sean. And I'm Lindsay. Oh, Christ. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's start over. I'll cut it out. <laughs> I'm Sean. I'm Lindsay. What episode are we talking about? Oh, episode 70, Onigumo's Memory Restored. Oh, my good God gracious. So the show is acknowledging that this person is Onigumo, even though later in this episode and in the next one, they still keep calling him Muso. They do. I wrote that down, too. And they also, uh, not this episode, but the next one, they're saying that he's not quite the same Onigumo, that there's something special about this one. Yeah, this one turns into like a scorpion monster. Oh, yes, he does. <laughs> and he's also also made up of a few demons. He must be to be able to regenerate like that. And they're all, this is all speculation from the characters that just watch his uh, his actions. But we're not going to talk about that yet. First, Lindsay, it's been a while since we've done this. But are you ready for a Reddit recap? <gasps> Hit the theme song. finally reached the end of that disc of all of the fan subs Yay. i haven't watched these episodes fan subbed yet because i'm actually going through them again just to remind myself of this season <laughs> but i'd like to uh just in case i didn't mention it pretty sure i did but those red and white priestesses they are 12 <laughs> it's all cringe for that information yeah. they don't look 12 but they are <laughs> yeesh <laughs> well, he yes, kicks ass in these two episodes. So. Over the line right there. Not just right next to it. <laughs> just a little bit. But he did propose to an eight-year-old. Right? How old was she? I thought she was 11 at the time. Kaharu? Yeah, she was 11. And he was 15. Because now she she's was... 14 and he's 18. He looked, or she looked much younger in that she flashback. Was she was 11. These girls are 12, and they're, oh, like, super tall. Yeah, but they're 12, and he's 18, whereas at the time she was 11, and he was 15. It's unfair that ladies reach puberty before us. It's like, <laughs> damn it. 
Climb you like a tree, lady. <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> what I'm saying anymore. They're 12, Sean. Okay. Well, I'm not saying them specifically. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'll cut this out of the cut podcast. <laughs> you see, Justin, this is why I have to cut things out. Sometimes I accidentally say Heil Hitler. I mean, all sorts of bad things come out of my mouth. Right, Lindsay? <laughs> It out. <laughs> <laughs> so that red and white priestesses episode the literal translation of that title is the red and white mikos standing in the way or something like oh. that <laughs> it describes the conflict which i thought was fun uh no negative comments for uh farewell days of my youth really yeah huh but there's only one comment oh. our friend poe buddy is the only one who seems to be consistently going along with the rewatch which I saw that the subreddit wants to do again because they think the place is dying. So even though the moderator's like, we've had the same amount of traffic forever. People keep posting their art, their fan fiction, that sexy Asian fellow <laughs> posting shirtless pictures of himself. Inuyasha subreddit's doing fine, but they may start another rewatch. Huh. I mean, may I just suggest listening to our podcast <laughs> at the same time? I'm just saying... <laughs> I found it criminal that the new opening theme happened in that episode. The uh, uh, farewell days. Yeah. I really just want to pretend that thing never happened. I'm surprised there's, like, no, I mean, does everyone like Shoga and Miyoga's love story that much? I find it or so hard to love story? believe that that would be the case. Do we need a Miyoga backstory? How did he become a flea? I, I guess we just needed Inuyasha, like, hmm. stripping and wiggling his shoulder at Shippo. Oh, I forgot that happened. <laughs> Could have sworn I dreamed that. <laughs> yeah, that's why people like it. Uh, 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 write us in? <laughs> We're not making fun of you. We just want to understand you. Uh, okay, uh... Pobody also said, uh, in regards to the Shippo episode, the um, he gets an angry challenge. Oh, yeah. He said something like, this is a Shippo episode, so strap in and deal. Which may Thank be you, a, po, buddy. <laughs> That may be a good mentality to get into with the Shippo episodes. Like, all right. And, you know, lean back for the slowest ride in theme park history. Yeah, hold your breath, take your medicine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, something I've noticed, uh, there's a lot of spoilers on the subreddit now for later episodes that I haven't gotten to, so I have to be really oh careful dear. with things I click on. Uh, you Shall Call Me Betty wanted to skip filler episodes and then changed their mind once they got to episode 135 and said it was the most hilarious one in the world. I didn't look at the title or anything, huh. so we'll just keep that in mind for us. Oh, look it up now. Go ahead. Lindsay's going to look it up. She's going to ignore her potions class for the time being. Ah! I'm going to go ahead and reveal that to the listeners that a lot of the time Lindsay is playing her Harry Potter game while we're recording. Wait, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Charms, charms class. If you don't, if you don't pay attention, Inuyasha's going to get stabbed through the chest again. And we have to talk about that. <laughs> I 
Does it have your endorsement? I think it does. Great. I don't remember it super well, but kind of. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. Can't wait. It's one of the ones that I know I've only seen once, so it's vaguely familiar to me, but security alerts going off it's oh. really making me mad i am so sorry it's my fault and lastly the um manga chapter uh, was recommended to us if we're going to check out the manga for inuyasha mm-hmm. chapter 392 is fun and was never animated and said it would have been one of the better episodes oh huh. so i'll go ahead and buy 391 and then you buy a 392. I was going to say, are you buying just that one book? Or are you buying all of them up to? You know, I don't really know what I'm saying. I think that's true <laughs> most of the context, time. Because we need context, right? <laughs> I guess. We need to know what things are different. What things are the same. We need to talk about it in granular detail. We need to speculate which would have been better. I mean, also, oh, we need to rate everything on a scale of 1 to 10 course oh my all right so that's our reddit recap we don't have a closing theme so Lindsay's gonna hum something right now <laughs> that's just abba you can't do that oh it was no i have oh. no idea <laughs> i'll cut that joke out all right so <clears throat> onigumo's memory restored hmm. kagome's been grappled spoiler <laughs> Well, I guess it's a slow restoration because he has several moments of clarity where he realizes various things from going to the cave and then at the lake in the next episode. So it's like a slow restoration where he slowly becomes even more like Onigumo that we all knew. Right? (laughs) I guess if Onigumo was like a little scorpion thing. And he was not a Bernie man. <laughs> it's true. But he had to have looked like that or something, right? I guess, no? Nah. See, I mean, he was going through faces like, eh, I just want to be handsome. But what he wanted, what he th- saw was handsome could have been just the closest face to what he used to look like. But maybe Naraku is what he used to look like. Hmm. Maybe he was a total Ugmo. I don't know. All right, fair call. I feel he was. But he was just like. Yeah, yeah, even if he hadn't been burned up, he wouldn't have had a chance with Kikyo. Oh, should have been. Uh, punching down, whatever they call that, settling. There you go. <laughs> punching down. <laughs> Aw. She could have dominated him, but we won't think about that. Instead, we're gonna think. Sorry, <laughs> right, I just threw up in my mouth a tiny bit. <laughs> Oh, I love the ending to the next episode, but let's wait. Um, Kagome's grappled, then saved, and then oh. she tries to run away, and they they stop him. He doesn't seem very good at killing those other people because he just wants to grab Kagome. Yeah, he was like total one track mind. It was just like this woman, this woman, this woman. And he doesn't know why yet. Um, and then the Windscar obliterates him into a bunch of tiny pieces. 
does it. Uh, no one felt good about that. Nope. They're like, the Windscar killed him. We're fine. Inuyasha's right? in such a bad mood that he doesn't bother to tell Kaede. Who walks up like, what's the commotion? And he's like, never mind, you're too late. Just forget it. It's all over. And then, <laughs> or is it? <laughs> She's like, hello, I could help. But they don't bother so meanwhile, uh, uh, Kikyo is healing some soldiers, and boy, do these soldiers love her. She seems to be taking a good, uh, she's taking a lot. What, you think I'm about to insult her? <laughs> <laughs> you always suspect. I don't know, you sound like you might be about to. No, she seems to like her job. Okay. She likes doing this. People. I don't think she's pretending to be like, oh, uh, no. Even though Just she... thought you were going to perhaps insinuate that she might be taking care of all these men. What? I know. What? It, just, it felt like it was going that way for a second. Servicing like, oh. them, even? <laughs> I would never suggest Do not that. Not my Kikyo's honor. Lindsay, I may be a pervert, but I'm an old school romantic <laughs> as well. If two people want to be monogamous in a show, I am totally on board with it. And I keep going back and forth on who I ship between Inuyasha and Kagome or Inuyasha and uh, Kikyo. I know I joke a lot about why can't he just do both, but I'm, I'm you know, it's a little can joke there. <laughs> a little joke here. Just a little joke. Final, cut it out. Cut it out. All right. Oh, but uh, Muso is Ward. Charlie Brown Chan. <laughs> Charlie Brown Chan shows up. <laughs> And tells of the story of being attacked by the river by a creepy man with no face. And uh, Kikyo says, well, look, uh, was this monk asking for it? Because sometimes monks tend to stick their nose and uh, where the business doesn't belong. That was the insult I was waiting okay. for. Okay. <laughs> that wasn't insulting. That's the truth. <laughs> but Kikyo suspects Naraku as she's being watched by bees. Yeah. She's on point with that. Stock much? The motivation here is different. We find out later that he's stalking her because he wants to test his ability to finally murder her in cold blood. Which he hasn't been able to do. He hasn't been able to bring himself to do it ever since uh, he realized Onigumo is still within inside him, within him somewhere. Yeah. Although he seemed pretty intent on murdering her when he awakened that giant Soul Carrier. Yeah. Oh, this Narakuz, he's just, just doesn't know what he's doing. I think he's got uh, too many pies baking. He doesn't know what, which one needs his attention. Yeah. And his souffle is going to fall. These are all great cooking doing metaphors. that over here, doing that over there. By the way, you're going to have to, uh, speaking of cooking metaphors... Uh, describe to me what a bouillabaisse is. I know you've used that a few times, and I really want to understand it because I have a feeling it's an awesome metaphor. Because <laughs> you well, think it's some kind of soup. Because I love that has a lot of shit in it. <laughs> but I love your mother dough metaphor that you used a long oh, time yeah. ago. That may be useful in this coming. Uh, episode when we talk about just what the hell Naraku is exactly. Yes, it's just a fish stew. Is it like 
Not Ratatouille. Or Ratatouille. Don't make fun of me for pronouncing that. Not you. Yeah, I think it just has a lot of different kinds of fish and seafood thrown into it. It's just a... Oh, okay. Like gefilte fish or something? That it's just a bunch of stuff thrown in? Like whatever you have because you're a poor peasant living in Russia? Got it. Okay. (laughs) Well, then save the the mother dough uh, in the back of your mind when I have a bunch of questions about... What did I use the mother dough thing for? You're describing Naraku. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) You can break off pieces of it, but it always has, like, the mother dough thing. Hmm. Sometimes I'm creative. (laughs) I thought you were going to say, huh, I am the smartest person in this (laughs) world. I'm more modest than that. Well, you're certainly (laughs) smarter than Kagura, who's been locked in the basement. Aw, poor Kagura. I thought he would have just forgiven her, but he's keeping her locked away with fire chains. I told you he gets her to toe the line. And he releases her to follow her brother and just see what he does. And to also tell the gang where he's going to go. Yeah. And she does it. Yeah, she has to. She's still complaining. Which seems to imply that it's not just out of fear, but there is something connecting the two of them, that she doesn't quite have all of her free will, but desires it so strongly that when Narak weakens on those days, that she wants to stone-cold blast a Shomaru and have have him kill (laughs) her father. Metaphor. So, meanwhile, the T-1000 reforms and decides to wander to the cave. Oh, but first he, like, meets some other guy to steal his clothes. Yeah, he says... I don't know why he bothers with clothes, because... He's naked very soon, right (laughs) after. I was gonna say, do you enjoy looking at butts, Sean? Well... Butts of men. (laughs) uh, Who doesn't? There are a lot of them in these two episodes. (laughs) Well, they give him a Ken doll kind of front, but they put it in silhouette. Yeah. Just... And then Nicely. when they, like, try and make it in shadow, it's such a weird... Co- I mean, it looks like he's wearing, like, little muddy pants. Yeah. Or, or like, he's, like, a werewolf or something. He's just got, like... It's just... It's weird. Yeah. It spares us from uh, our monocles dropping into our brandy <laughs> snifters. Oh! My. Bart's penis? How dare you? <laughs> Let's uh, continue talking about this. Yeah, he walks up to a samurai soldier and just says, like, hey, nice bike. And that's a T-1000 reference and takes his shit. (laughs) Oh, and Inuyasha wants Kagome to go home and the others agree. Kagome agrees. Yeah, she says, well, I am worried about my test, so I guess I should go home. Yeah, way easier than Kagome. I feel like kind of like Inuyasha, she sometimes has a little defiant disorder and sometimes if Inuyasha says hey do that sometimes Kagome says no maybe and so I kind of thought she would put up because when does Kagome ever leave when someone's in trouble or something's going on never Mm -hmm. in fact that's usually a cue for Kagome to go (laughs) yep go home to her own time (laughs) but yeah she's just she's like 
She's Even also though she already took the test, and oh. uh, yeah. But yeah, she goes. She agrees to go like far too easy. So we know that like she's not really gonna go home. Yeah. The show's stakes are entirely tied to whether or not Kagome's gonna be okay and all of this. Cause she's she's our in. She's us. Seems easy to kill if she doesn't have a bow and arrow. She really needs to buy one, for the love of yeah, God. why didn't she take a bow and arrow with her? She should take up archery back home and sheesh, learn how to fire straight. Because <laughs> that dream Kikyo told her that her aim is a little off or whatever. Yeah, she's just at the well and then Kaede is the one who's like, oh, well, I'm going to go check the cave out and... Kagome's like, the cave, eh? I'm gonna leave my backpack here and just follow along. Even though you have a bow and arrow, I don't need my own. And Onimuso has found the cave, too. They oh, really wait. should have seen that coming. They intercut these two scenes where he gets the armor, we see our gang, he wanders to the cave, we see Kaede. I think Gumo's like the total asshat. <laughs> Go on. He's just He's just a dick. I hate him. I do just hate Even him. when he was, like, stealing the samurai guy's clothes again, he's just... Well, uh, uh, I just hate him. I don't like anything about him. Yeah. But I just thought... I don't know. Even the way he's doing it, he's just like... I can't even remember what he says, but I'm like... You're just an asshole. Can't you just, like, kill him and take his... Why do you have to be all douchey. Mm -hmm. He's definitely a douchebag, mm -hmm. which is why I thought okay, I guess for all intents and purposes this guy is just Omi Onigumo. He's the, a thief that once lived and uh, not satisfied with anything has a, a little bit of a manic quality to him that he believes he's indestructible and, uh, Was that his real personality? Mm -hmm. Before he got like burned and left in a cave. Mm -hmm. And the final thing he wanted to possess was Kikyo and what have you. Because maybe love could heal a demon or something. Maybe if Kikyo had just given him a smooch he would have transformed into a beautiful prince and left his days of being an asshole behind. I'm kidding of course. He doesn't deserve her. No. So I, if I were to describe these two episodes I would call them talky. But yeah. the first half of this episode, I like how eerie it is. There's just some quality about it. Like, our gang doesn't have a plan before Kagura goes and tells them where Onigumo is. They're just wandering around, kind of backtracking. Yeah, well, I guess we'll go check out the village he slaughtered earlier. And, and meanwhile, he's, like, trying to remember who he was, and that creepy music is playing, and Kagome's not going home when she should, so it's like, ooh, everybody's split up. And he goes into that cave and just lays down right there. Like, mm -hmm. who does that? Well, he's recreating when he was injured. But I guess that's what he had to do because that's what brought everything back. Yeah, he reached for someone who wasn't there. He's like, oh, it's Kikyo. And then he yells her name once he hears Kaede and Kagome outside. Which I thought Kikyo was going to show up. Like, so you called? Who are no, you? she really didn't. She's just like, eh. she. There wasn't much for Kikyo to do in these two episodes. I think she was just there to remind us of Naraku's limitations. 
And, of course, for the great ending in the next episode. Anyway. <laughs> so, Kaede and Kagome have come to the cave. Oh, well, I guess first, uh, Kagura tells uh, Inuyasha and the scamps. Just guess I'm going to call them that. Uh, where Onimuso is. Oh, I love her yo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thought they were gonna pull a jock and say, "What do you mean, yo, you you bitch woman?" And then Maroku's all like, "Do you, do you see anything? Do you see anything, Kagura?" She's like, "I don't know what you're talking about." I saw nothing. Yeah. So very obviously saw something. Maroku's a real detective in these next two episodes. Yeah, although there there is at some point where I'm like, oh, it was when he was talking to Naraku in the next one. I'm like, Naraku, shut up. He may have showed too much of his hand. But... I feel like he, because I'm like, oh my god, this is Naraku, what are you doing? But he got the information he needed. But I guess we'll talk Suppose. about it. Yes. Oh god, I hope my computer's not about to crash. So <gasps> let's oh. continue. Um, okay. No tangents. Uh, Oni Muso comes out screaming, uh, Kikio. Gome leads him off because she doesn't want uh, Kaede to get hurt. And Inuyasha iron reavers his way into the situation. At the right moment because he was just about to close in on her. Mm -hmm. And this is where the talky part of the episode begins. Where it stops being eerie and starts being very flashbacky and recappy. Where they're wondering, oh, he's Onikumo. Uh... Oh, but he claims uh, killing Kikyo was never his plan. That it was all of the demons he allied himself with. Which kind of makes sense. Like, as the demons, they all hated Kikyo. Yes. Because she was, like, you know, so pure and such a demon killer. And they all wanted the jewel, and none of them had a chance. So I can totally see how they overpowered Onigumo's will. And they're like, ha ha. Yep. Now we're going to kill her. And they imprisoned him deep within after the jewel was burned. Mm -hmm. And uh, then Onimuso grows spikes <laughs> out of his body. Yeah, it seems every time now that they cut him down, he's growing back more hideous. <laughs> yeah, that's strange. Uh, oh, insects are there, preventing Moroku from using his damn wind tunnel. Oops. Oh, I think and at one point he even goes, oh, well, if you cut him down, I could have sucked up that spider scar mouth. Yeah, the dub says something like, I should have done it when I had the chance. Oh. Yeah, Moroku. <laughs> you should have. Mm -hmm. He's probably thinking about lady butts or something. <laughs> Not Moroku. Uh, well, so Kikyo's confronted by Naraku, where he tries to strangle her. And then his body starts to lose control. But he, you know, he's trying to play it off. Yeah. Because she's all like, um, and he's like, get up. It's, it's fine. I'm just not going to kill you yet. So I'm just going to slowly walk you off into the forest. Like well, she was wrong. a little cocky. Like, <laughs> ah, I guess she still can't. But he's like, well, it's not out of cowardice. Like, ooh, Kikyo. <laughs> Maybe you should start worrying a little bit about this. Because he's definitely on his way to getting rid of the one thing that's preventing him from killing you. <laughs> Although it still seems like he needs Onigumo as like a 
binding agent or something. That's what I was going to ask you about the mother doe. Ah. This is like, uh, or the Steve Jobs, I think we used in the previous episode. (laughs) They still need him as CEO because confidence in the company (laughs) isn't enough to keep it together without him as a figurehead. So they want Onigumo back inside the body. I don't know if this metaphor works because I don't know enough about the history of Apple. Look it up for me, somebody. <laughs> Tell me why I'm wrong. So the fight continues. The wind scar is used, but on- Oni Muso keeps regenerating. And Kagura is watching and speculating, of course. What makes him special? Is he acting of his own free will? Is he like me? And she sings her song. Is he like me? That lasts for about two minutes while the fight goes on. <laughs> they continue to fight the T-1000, but he does something that the, the T-1000 never did, was turn into a giant scorpion. Wouldn't that have why. been awesome? Yeah. <laughs> Seems effective. The science behind the Terminator films is not what you'd call perfect. Because you can be a robot and go through the time portal, but the time portal needs living material so then of course they have to cover the robots with living skin so if they wanted to kill john connor they should just make an atom bomb and cover it in like skin (laughs) and send it to 1984 and blow up los angeles i'm just saying it had to be an original dad to john connor right yeah that's a uh so that's fourth dimensional logic there you knocked her up the first time yep there was no first time according to fourth dimensional logic they use the same metaphor if you're trapped in a black hole Mm -hmm. you can't get out but then your future self comes along and gives you a device to get you out of the black hole so then you get out but then you still have to go back and give that device to your past self so that you get out but there there's no original timeline (laughs) like how'd you get out of the black hole in the first place but in fourth dimensional logic, it works perfectly fine because you can track the life circle of the the device because it's just being passed through the same circle over and over again. It doesn't need like an incept. But where'd you get the device in the first place? Just forget it. Yeah, <laughs> just, just saying. NASA people. Cube two. Oh, you've seen Cube two? Hypercube. I've seen all the cubes. Oh, how is Cube zero? Eh. <laughs> They tried to connect it to Cube, but it didn't really work. Oh, it was one of those movies. They were like, and you're like, oh, that's... And then you're like, no, that can't be, because this and this can't be the same person. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Because at first you're like, oh, that's totally what they're doing. And then you're like, no, it's totally not because of this. So it doesn't work. But oh well. All right. I've only seen the first two. Well, yeah, Cube. I liked it when the guy walked into the room at the beginning and turned into little teeny tiny squares. And then and the, fell apart. Then it was ripped off in every single movie after that. You're, uh, like the Meg? <laughs> that happens in the Meg? <laughs> Someone's chopped apart with a laser grid? That's funny. Or like uh, Blade? How to defeat the shark. Resident Evil... I think that, well, no. Those are the only, the only. (laughs) I know there's more. I think Underworld, they also did it. Uh, 
But it's just like the chop, and then nobody knows. Oh, equilibrium. They did it in that. Yeah. Tay Diggs' face got sliced vertically. He was a bad guy. Yeah, it's true. He was like the uh, the dark version of I'm what you could become. I guess. Anyway. <clears throat> ah, tangent. Oh, fucking A. Cut it out. <laughs> oh, and Inuyasha stabbed through the chest. Oh, yeah. Yet again. And there seems to be a continuity error where the blood's already on his chest. I rewound a few times. It's not there. And then it's there. And then yeah, he gets stabbed. Yeah, right before, like, you could tell it's gonna go through, but he's got, like, this red bloody circle, and you're like, wait. Maybe that's the targeting system of... <laughs> Onimuso? Maybe it's fourth dimensional logic. <laughs> there needs, there doesn't need to be an incept for the blood stain, because we can track its lifespan through the. Ah, forget it. <laughs> it's just an error, and we end on that cliffhanger of oh no. It's a pretty low stakes cliffhanger because it's like we've seen this like ten a, times at least. A million times. He's fine. He has no Chest organs. Wounds have no. Yeah. <laughs> Put some band-aids on it. Because you would think it would like mess up his spine or something. Because sometimes they just seem to go straight through him, you know? It's prime spine territory there. Nope, but he's fine. But what's going to happen? She just shrugged it off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he got stabbed in the neck earlier, and he was fine, too. That wound's That's never true. stayed. That one never even had any blood spots. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, Oni Muso. Which I may rename him the Scorpio So. <laughs> Listeners, it's been a weekend. Anyway. Scorpigumo? Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. I'm not going to get any better than that. The, thanks for listening, listeners. I'll do better next episode. Have a wonderful day. Lindsay, take us out. 